Um, so I'm feeling this uh, time as um, kind of heightened anxiety, fear, uh, disruption, uh, uncertainty with um, the COVID, with the pandemic, um, with the fires, air quality, uh, with dread about the election and the functioning of democracy in this country and then also um and also just you know some more you know personal things or just just for our family um an elementary school classmate of our daughter uh, died in a car accident a few weeks ago and um you know maybe Maybe you have your own uh, more individual or personal uh, concerns pressing on you as well. And so all this, uh, what is our way? Uh, how do we find our true home uh, right in this swirling mess of conditions? Um, how do we live from our true uh, center? I want to bring up a teaching from uh, the ninth century uh, Chinese Zen teacher, uh, Deng Shan. Deng Shan is regarded as one of the founders of Soto, Ten, uh, Soto Zen. The Deng of Deng Shan is the toe of Soto. And, um, and this teaching is the three paths or the three roads, which are the one, the dark road, Two, uh, the bird's path, and three, the open hand. And and kind of and I want to bring up how does this how does this teaching of these three roads speak to us now? Um, how are Dungshan's three paths also my way of traveling through the uncertainties of this time and and the potentials here? For great harm. And this teaching is called the three roads or the three paths. Um, they're also just about one path. Um, our path through this moment, our path through this day. Uh, they are one practice, um, and but they unfold, or they're shown three. Uh, Three faces of dynamic intimacy with the uh, with the textures and contours of our lives, and three facets of releasing, grasping. Um, three facets of the uh, liberating energetics of being fully present. And. Um, you could also say they unfold the koan of this present moment of life. So first is the dark road, or it could also be translated the mysterious road, uh, the hidden way, or the profound path. 
And um, this road is not really hidden or dark, but it's it's or it's fully here. But what's what's hidden or dark about it is um, when we try to figure it out, that obscures it. And we could also say this thing, this dark and mysterious way is how um, we are wholehearted, how we engage our life um, without it being something that thinking does, without it being something that's shaped by knowing what is it to totally meet our life right here. So giving up, you know, finding a technique or um, an instruction manual for how to live, for how to meet this moment, or for how to have a conversation, or for, you know, for how to be me. You know, and, and this resonates with teachings in like a Ditsang, another Chinese Zen master taught not knowing is nearest. And, um, and Dogen talks about this at various points, but also, you know, when he talks about the circle of water, when Dharma fills your whole body and mind, you understand that something is missing. Uh, when uh, Dogen and I lived at Tassajara, um, we sometimes lived in what was called the flats cabin. And uh, for the most part, Tassajara is laid out as a a line of structures along Tassajara Creek. And um, most of the housing was located downstream from the Zendo. The Zendo was kind of in the middle. Flat cabin was a, one little cabin. And at that time, it was kind of all by itself. And there's some other structures out there, but they're like a meeting room or the compost shed or, uh, you know, maintenance sheds, but that was only housing. And um, when we were walking home to the flats cabin after evening zazen, um, especially like on a new moon, and uh, once the path kind of turned away from the light of the zendo, um, you could find yourself in complete darkness. Um, especially, you know, if you were under trees, or if it was a cloudy day, because um, even the starlight actually could be really bright at Tassajara. Um But if it was if it was cloudy and a new moon, um, you couldn't see your hand in front of your face. And I usually I carried a flashlight. Usually, um, I think you know in case I encountered um, a wild creature. <laughs> but I didn't like to use it. I I, I preferred to just kind of find my way home in the in complete darkness and um and I'd, so i learned how to walk carefully so i wouldn't like stub my toe on rocks and i'd also pay attention like to what i was where i was stepping like there was the hard dirt of the road and then the dirt right as you got it got a little softer there would be more you might feel a little grass or crunching leaves and um, then you need like turn a little bit back because um, otherwise you bump into a tree or a big rock. Slight chance of walking into the creek. <laughs> I think I only came close to that once. Um, 
And so this was a feeling my way along and letting the road guide step on the road. And so I think you know, part of the dark path And we're back from the dark road. <laughs> we've tried to upgrade our connection. I and mean, we did update our crypto connection, but we still have problems. Um, so I'd feel my way along the road. Each uh, step on the road is guided by the road. So part, part of the dark way is how the, the way shows us the way. Truth finds itself in us and actualizes itself you know, through us in this moment. We don't go out and get the truth. And, you know, in, um, in our sitting, we can allow the body to guide us into full awareness of the body. Um, allow feelings and emotions, allow our grasping itself to guide us into what it is to be fully aware of feelings, emotions, grasping. Um, you know, inquiring into the fullness of this moment to guide us into uh, fully being in the fullness of this moment. And the dark road can feel scary. And we've learned to rely on light, or we've learned to rely, rely on what we can know, or what we can apprehend. And, but that, the known, um, the familiar, is, it's limiting. We actually, we, we really don't know where this moment is going. We don't know where the election is going. Uh, we don't know where this pandemic is going. Um, we can't see, you know, how this is going to unfold from this place. What are the, what are the, you know, I think we're all maybe, I mean, I'm certainly feeling, you know, the, the pandemic, the, the trajectory, the emotional trajectory of the lockdown has its own, uh, feeling and uh, development and um, you know the contours of this distancing uh, disconnection how will this um, how will this proceed how long will, will this go on and the dark road is not about closing our eyes or turning off the lights um but opening to the moment um, beyond the known, beyond what we think is certain. 
So how is it to allow this moment to be our teacher? Or, you know, to allow the, the interaction of this moment to be our teacher? Whoever we're with to be our teacher, um, not teaching us something to know, not like, not like a secret message, but um, teaching us what? You know, something of what it, what it actually is for us to be this person fully here. And I also feel, you know, that this um, dark road is inviting us to completely embrace this moment as our life. Any idea that our life is supposed to be a little different right now or in general, um, that's it. There's some knowing and grasping there. The dark road doesn't know about being anywhere else. And in some ways, like uh, the pandemic and the election and maybe the fires um, can feel like they're forcing us into a, like a kind of dark and difficult time of uncertainty. And the kind of inquiry for me is like, where does this kind of unwelcome uncertainty encounter that kind of vitalizing uncertainty of feeling our way along a dark road. How do we feel into the place where those meet? Um, we don't see the dark road arrayed in front of us uh, on a map, and we follow uh, we follow each step, and it's a dynamic intimacy, and it's. Um, uh, inquiry and uh, deep receptivity. So really opening. And each step is a living gift. And then uncertainty is, um, well, it can still be challenging, but it's not just a burden. It's not just inconvenient. It's also... Um, when we don't know where this moment is going, uh, where it is heading, how we are here actually makes a difference. There's actually, it is meaningful how we appear in this moment because it's uncertain. Because our life is uncertain, you know, individually and uh, collectively. So the second path is uh, the bird's path, or the way of the bird. And one, one aspect of how this is traditionally described is the, the bird's path is about leaving no trace. So, you know, birds, they don't leave a track or a trail when they fly through the sky. This is the image. Um, the, 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 the tracks and traces of birds aren't, um, they're not defined and apprehendable or graspable like our paths and our maps and our sidewalks and roads. And this is an image of what the practice of awakening is like. 
And so in any activity, what is the quality of engagement which leaves no traces or tracks? And, you know, one way we can think about no trace is, is um, cleaning up after ourselves, which, is, which we sometimes emphasize as a Zen thing. But the bird's path is how in the present moment of activity, not leaving a trace. So it's a, it's a quality of engagement right now. It's not something we're doing about what we just did. And we could also ask, well, what is leaving a trace? How do we leave traces? And I would say my activity can leave a trace when I feel disconnected, disconnected from myself or disconnected from others. You know, traces of disconnection, traces of separation. I can leave a trace when I make a thing out of a process. I can leave a trace when I cling to like where I am or cling somewhere else. I can leave a trace when I'm doing something for the sake of something else. Um, or if I'm, you know, or if I'm uh, doing something, but what I'm really concerned about is, well, how does this make me look? Am I looking okay right now? Leaving a trace. And grasping an activity. Leaving a trace. And so part of practice is seeing grasping and seeing how it manifests. What kinds of traces and tracks do we create and leave in our present activity? Um, uh, when I was uh, living at Tassajara, I think it was my fourth practice period, I had a position called um, head server. And so we, we had almost all of our meals for the three months Orioki style, so formal in the meditation hall. And Orioki forms, because we're just, that's how we ate almost every meal, we're kind of a, they were kind of, they're kind of a big deal at Tassajara. Like, everybody's always working with the forms. And um, the head server has to make announcement forms. And so various people saying, yo, make this announcement. People aren't doing this. So I made um, an announcement about one of our forms for Orioki. And, um, and someone sort of said, someone sort of, they sort of complained. They're kind of like, well, can't, can't we just do it the, kind of the easy way? <laughs> and I said, that is not the form. And, um, and I think I, was the, I had some grasping to the forms. I think, like, well, I just said the form, and it, it's a, it is the form. What you're saying is not the form. <laughs> And I think it was also a little irritated. Like I just said, that was the form. And now you're saying don't not to do the form? So I made this, this kind of assertion of that is not the form. And um, uh, 20 years later, I was talking to a friend, and they said, uh, do you remember when you made that work meeting announcement? <laughs> and um, they were like, whoa. You know, I was like, don't mess with that. And, um, and I thought that was interesting. Like, I hadn't thought about that work meeting announcement in 20 years, but I could remember it when they pointed it out. And something about it had stuck with them. Some, there were some traces there that um, went down through the decades. 
That's where you, I saw you, I left a trace there. <laughs> and, then, and then I also want to partially bring this up just to say also that this, but this is not to say that we do everything with a very kind of light touch or it only speak softly or act without intensity. So the bird's path is uh, doing this present activity completely and with the full intensity of our life. Um, and, you know, which, which is part of this process of inquiring into and releasing grasping. Uh, Suzuki Roshi said, um, you should burn yourself completely. If you do not burn yourself completely, a trace of yourself will be left in what you do. So how do, how do I burn myself completely in this moment? Or, you know, what is doing something wholeheartedly? Where is there, like, no holding back, but also kind of, like, no leaning forward, but just fully here, completely um, burning. Sometimes the turning of our life is tumultuous and right in the rough and tumble, there can be a, a ceaseless and vigorous turning um, without leaving a trace. Um, this bird's path can also be associated with, with um, flight, you know, with a kind of freedom and you know, spaciousness and possibility which is also, you know, these are all part of the vitality of uncertainty. And um, I recently came across a quote from Trungpa Rinpoche. Um, the bad news is there is no parachute. Uh, the good news is there is no ground. And so there's this kind of, there's a kind of groundlessness to the bird's path. But it's not because we become ungrounded. It's not because like, we fly off the earth. Or, you know, it's not about transcendence or lifting off. It's more like appreciating there's no ground. Becoming grounded in how there's no ground. And when we feel like we're falling, we may also see uh, that we're flying. And if I feel like I'm standing on real ground, if I'm on solid ground, um, am I leaving a trace? And where there is no ground, there's a lot of possibility. There's a lot of ways we can move and a lot of responsibility. And so third is uh, the open hand or extending the hands. And I, I feel this is about how our practice is shared, or the, um, the sangha, or communal dimension of our way, and the bodhisattva vow of awakening together. And that zazen is something, it's not a personal thing, it's not a individual thing, it's a, it's a, 
collective practice. It's communal. And I also think this, you know, this open hand kind of, it kind of clarifies the relationality of the dark road and the bird's path, which can, those might kind of sound like, well, you could just, those are things I could do by myself. That, that sounds like a, those could be lonesome paths. Um, but they're, they're, they're totally relational. And those paths also kind of open or unfold. Like, what is this open hand? What is relational practice? How does it live? And uh, think of Avalokiteshvara, extending, you know, a thousand hands in response to the cries of the world. Um, I also think about Dogen said he came back from China empty-handed. So he, you know, he went and he trained in China and then he came back to Japan. And monks would do this. And they sometimes they'd, they'd usually come back with stuff. <laughs> In their hands, they carry like, like sutras, or secret teachings, or um, Buddhas, or like relics. They came home carrying stuff, and Dogen said, "I came home empty-handed." Um, and this is practice realization, the practice of awakening, meeting this moment, empty-handed, the open hand being a student of this moment, being a student of this relationship, as, as uh, this is the awakening that Dogen brought back to, to uh, Japan. And so this extending the hands is not that we come as a kind of savior. And you might even say it's not even that we come as a helper. Um, it's more vulnerable. It's uh, it maybe is an offering, and it's extending to a meeting, um, feeling our way along the dark road, attending to grasping, attending to traces along the bird's path, um, open, open to feedback. Um, as part of the monk departing ceremony at Tassahara, um the person, the monk leading, they would, they would do a jindo around the zendo, and gasho, and kind of bowing and walking around the whole zendo. And then they'd stand near the door, and then the ino would say, so-and-so now leaves the monastery and enters the marketplace with gift-bestowing hands. And so these words arise at this critical juncture, you know, like, sending off dear Dharma friends, sending off uh, beloved community members, um, sending off myself eventually, and along with you know, Sarah and Kaya, we're all sent off from Tassahara and from Green Gulch with this uh, ritual. And so these, um, these words kind of sink in kind of deep uh, over the years for us. And um, this gift bestowing hands... Um, the um, a more literal translation actually would just be let down the hands, or dangling hands. You know, so in formal Zen training, the hands are never dangling. They're they're always in, we're always sharing in the practice of mudras together. So like bowing and gasho. Um, if you're just standing around, you have your hands in shashu, 
what we call four hands in meditation. We have the the mudra, and your hands are always um, engaged in these formal postures. They're not dangling. But now, when you leave, now the hands open, and now they're gift bestowing hands. So we leave the formal practice, and the hands relax and they hang down, and um, they become, you know, relational hands. And I'd say, you know, each moment can be like this, or every time we get up from zazen can be like this. What are the gift-bestowing hands of this moment? And I also hear this open hand is that there's, there isn't a fixed way um, we share our lives with each other. Like the open hand is it's it's actually open. Um, we're not coming in with with the closed fist. And this is this is part of how we share the liveliness of this moment together. Um, whatever we had in the last moment, um, we show up here empty-handed. And I just say, sometimes this can feel awkward. Like, you know, sometimes like, it'd be really nice just to have, like, well, I know what we can talk about. Um, but rather for rather than reaching for some way out of the awkwardness to like, learn to just feel okay with, with moments of awkwardness um, and just show up with having nothing. And how is that? Because if you know if we if we aren't willing to go into the go through the awkwardness, we never get to the place where there's there's an openness in the moment together, where who knows what would arise. Um, so the open hand is where um, the spaciousness and the possibility and freedom um, of the dark road and the bird's path kind of become manifest. And I also feel this, like, again, uncertainty as a gift of something alive and new right here. And Dogen also says, you know, when you let go, when you open your hand, it already fills your hands. And so, you know, appreciating the depth of our life in relationship. And, you know, appreciating how we need each other to thoroughly study our grasping and, you know, wake up together. And so it's important, you know, to question each other to offer questions, to receive questions, and allow them to go deep, allow them to touch our grasping. You know, we need Sangha to go deep into the Dharma. And also, this open hand, is, I don't think it's, it's going down or going up. We, have, we extend a hand to go hand in hand. 
So it's not, it's not like a top down or bottom up. It's like a side by side. And the relationship is actually what is showing us what it is to be alive, what it is to be human. And, you know, in this time of lockdown, of isolation, of disconnection, um, it's a challenge to take care of this dimension of our practice life. Zoom offers something, um, but it's, it's, um, it's not as connecting. And, and uh, I, think it, I think we need to acknowledge that and find our ways to work with it and uh, live with it and still nourish this dimension of lives. You know, so like, how, how do we want to live? You know, open hand and open mind and open heart. And how do we attend to a willingness to be connected? To be connect and to be connected with well, whatever it is, it's a, there's a lot of uncertainty there. Um, you know, is there any form of suffering? Uh, excluded from our practice. Um, or this, this, I feel like this open hand is uh, your problem is my problem. My problem is your problem. <laughs> and this is not a matter of understanding or apprehension. Um, it's, it's extending the hands. It's a meeting, um, which is not in something we can get, but it's where, but in the meeting, in the relationship, in hand-to-hand, face-to-face, heart-to-heart, that is where uh, something liberating arises. So Dungshan offered these uh, three threads of living here, um, they're not about another place or another life. Um, they're for us uh, humans uh, finding our way through this actual life. And I feel like they're not about a massive life change, but a shift or many, many, many shifts. Um, in some ways subtle, in some ways radical, but a shift just right in this moment. The depth of our life is how we find our way, our path, right here, right in this moment. Thank you. So are there any uh, expressions, questions, comments?